Please uh, turn with me to Matthew, the seventh chapter, as we're continuing to talk about wisdom. And here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us a foundational principle for wisdom and how to live our lives in such a way that we can really glorify God and be established for His kingdom. This, uh, this parable at the end of the uh, Sermon on the Mount is about uh, building, building the kind of life that will last for eternity. And the questions we have to face this morning are, what are we building? Are you building something? I trust that you are. I trust that you have a vision for the future. I, I, I trust that you have a desire to make things better. I hope that you decide to build something that's pleasing to God that will be a benefit to those who come after you. But not only what are we building, but how are we building? Because we see that the process of building is just as important as the goal to build something worthwhile. Jesus is telling us uh, you cannot build something worthwhile for the kingdom unless you build it according to the kingdom principles that God provides. How many of you have found out by now that you can't just do things your own way and hope that it'll turn out right? God has a better way. And we need to trust Him to show us how to do it His way. And we've got to be willing to change. But then the third question about building, which is probably the most important question of all, is where are you going to build? Where are you going to build? Because here Jesus teaches that if you build on the wrong foundation, if you build on the sand instead of the rock, when the storms come, whatever you've built will be washed away. And so the foundation or where you build is even more important than what you build or how you build. And we know that Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. He is the foundation of our faith. He's the beginning and the end. All things are in Him and by Him and through Him. And so where we build? Well, we got to build on Jesus. we got to build on Jesus. And anything in our lives that's not built on Jesus... Is only temporary. It's only going to pass away. Verse 24, Matthew 7, and here this really is the conclusion to the whole Sermon on the Mount where Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 what His kingdom is all about and how we need to live. And then He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of Mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And how many of you have that little song you learned in Sunday school in the back of your mind? The wise man built his house upon the rock. What The rains came down and the floods came up, but it stood fast. But the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rains came down and the floods came up and what? And it went what? I couldn't remember those words this morning. Crashed. It went splat. It is no more. Now, there's so much wisdom in that little song, you can build a whole life on it. Do you realize that? And that's the wisdom that we have from Christ, the whole Sermon on the Mount. But here as he concludes it, he said, be careful about what you're building and how you build it and where you build it. Because ultimately, ultimately, the storms will come. And only that which is built on Jesus Christ will last. Now, there's something about our God-given nature where we need to build. We want to build. We want to improve on our surroundings. We want to establish something that is permanent, something that that will house us and provide for our needs for security and provide a place for our children to be raised and to go forward. And we vary greatly in terms of our skills and abilities for building. Now, um, I'm fairly famous for my lack of skill in using tools and building. In fact, if you ask my wife, every time she sees me with tools around the house, she gets nervous. She even will suggest that I go play golf (laughs) or uh, 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 maybe practice a new song on my guitar, anything to get me away from those tools, simply because I really lack the skill to do much in terms of construction. But we know this really isn't talking about the physical house, is it? It's talking about the spiritual house. And it's talking about the kind of building that we need to do which goes far beyond anything temporal. Now, as we have this desire to build, we can get off track. We can build for worldly success as many do. If you're worldly minded and you're more concerned about what you can build and have in this life than for eternity, you're ultimately going to be disappointed. You know, the older I get, the more I realize how little in this life is really worth building and holding on to and how heaven is what it's really about. Investing my treasures in heaven. And so we need to replace that temptation to build for worldly success with a commitment to build for kingdom, eternal success. How many of you know that this brief lifespan that we had on this earth is going to be just a, just a glimmer, just a memory when we pass into heaven and we realize that we're living with God for all eternity. What a mistake it is 
to build for worldly success and do nothing in preparation for our eternal abode in heaven. Another mistake we can make is we can build for selfish indulgence. I want my life the way I want my life. Uh, We all know the self-made man who's put together all wrong. Yet in our culture, we celebrate this kind of independence, this kind of self-actualization. Yet, really, God's kingdom has little to do with you living to satisfy your need for self-indulgence in terms of how you invest your life. We realize more and more it's not about us. It's not about me. And as Christians, we know it's about Jesus and what God promised in him and through him. And let me just be frank with you. There's no way that we can really be delivered from self-centeredness without asking Jesus to take the throne of our life where it's his will that becomes more important than our will. What about that tendency we might have to build for appearances, to have something attractive that other people would admire? Where we think we would like others to be pleased. We would like it to be um, somehow uh, attractive so that others would admire us we realize that that also is a dead-end street. Or we might make the mistake of building by imitation, and that is to see someone building in a way that we admire and then try to build like them. How many of you know that you're responsible for your own life and your own house, and you've got to build your life the way God shows you to build your life? And if you try to build your life like anybody else, you're going to be disappointed to know who you are and the kind of life God's calling you to and to build your life with integrity before God is a great privilege, but it's a great responsibility. And so we see that all of this, all of this building that we do needs to line up with God's greater purposes. Now, if you turn back to verse 21, there's a a warning that precedes this parable of the building that we need to pay attention to because it's a key to understanding all the Sermon on the Mount and really what Jesus is saying and about the way we build. He says, verse 21, now listen, this is one of the most troubling scriptures in all of the Bible for many Christians because it's such a stern warning regarding the integrity and authenticity of our faith. Verse 21, Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Wow. Then he says that there will be some in before judgment who say, well, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? And Jesus said that, uh, well, let's read it. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Now that's 
Serious, isn't it? That's troubling. That's disturbing. How is it, let's just put it in, in, in today's life, how is it that we can talk a good game about our faith in Jesus Christ, but ultimately when we appear before judgment, He knows that we're frauds? Is that possible? It's very possible. And then He goes forward and said, you've got to build your life upon the rock. And this is how you do it. Turn back to our passage here. He says, you've got to hear the words, my words, and put them into practice. There's the difference between the person who says, Lord, Lord, I'm a great believer. I've done great things in your name. And it turns out there's no integrity in their heart. Their life does not measure up to the principles of the kingdom. The person who hears the words of Christ and puts them into practice is the person who is established building their life on the solid rock. And what's the test? Well, we know the test, the storm. And when the storm comes, they stand fast. How many of you know that there could be a few storms for you up ahead? How many of you know that they may be harder storms than anything you've faced so far? Now, I don't want to scare anyone here or shake you up, but you know, sometimes we paint such a rosy picture of the future and trying to be positive about everything, we ignore the fact that this world is a very troubling place. There's lots of problems. There's lots of disappointment. There's lots of trials. You may face something in this new year which you think is beyond your ability to bear. But Jesus said the best preparation is to listen to what He has to tell us and to be obedient. And we'll find that through that relationship, He's building in us His kingdom in such a way that it will not be threatened by the storms and problems of this life. Isn't that wonderful to know? Now, some people think that if you're, if you're a good Christian, you won't have to face any of those troubles. and storms. We know better, don't we? We know that in this world, even as Jesus said, we have tribulation, we have trouble. And that's why we need to be prepared. Now, I want you to see how this fits together in a very simple outline. As we look at what Christ is saying about building, I want us to see that first in verse 25, let's look at the product of this building. The product that Jesus wants to build through us is simply a house that will stand. Something permanent. How permanent? Eternal permanent. That's what we need to look for. That's what we need to prepare for. That's what we need to invest in. And so we come to the place in our Christian life where we say, Oh God, please help me to stop wasting my time on stuff that is going to quickly pass away. Help me to invest in things that are eternal. Things that are important. 
things that will be judged against the scale of eternity and will be found worthy of the investment of the things that are important and valuable to us. How many of you have invested in too many things that turned out to be temporary? Haven't we all? We need to keep growing up where we realize more and more that it's what God wants us to produce that's important. So that's the product. Second, let's see the problem. Verse 37. The problem is really twofold. It's the storm that will come and wash away whatever isn't built on the rock. But it's the bigger problem of our poor judgment in failing to make the good choices and decisions to invest in what God says is important and eternal. It's so easy for us to be distracted and invest in things that really aren't important. And here we see our time, we see our money, we see our relationships, all the resources that we have, and what are we doing with those things measured against the backdrop of eternity? What are we building that's going to have some value eternally? I realize we've got to keep our priorities right, don't we? And how many of you know that you need to let some temporary things go in order to take hold of the things that are really important and eternal. Happens over and over again. Letting go of things temporary, taking hold of things eternal, that's transformational. That what puts us in, a, in position to endure the storm. You know, have you found out by now that when you're really in, in a trial, really in a storm, when you're really being tested, that the things that that pass away from you weren't worth having in the first place anyway. Yet we worry and are troubled about holding on to this or that, these temporal things that ultimately mean absolutely nothing. Let me just put it straight. Are you holding on to Jesus? That's all you need. That is all you need. Everything else in your life can disappear. And you'll be okay. You'll be solid. You'll be more than okay. You'll you'll be living the abundant life, which is to be free from the temporary things that only distract us. So we got to solve that problem. We've got to say, I'm going to build on the rock those things which are worthy of the kingdom of God. Number three. I want us to see that as surely as the product is the house that will stand, and the problem is everything that would destroy that house, we see the process, which is very simple, very direct. What is the process? Verse 24. Let me put it, let me put it simply. Listen and obey. That's the process. God's saying, Hear my words, and in faith, put my word into practice. Wow. Hey, you can do that, can't you? Do you know what it means to hear God's voice through his written word as you read the scripture? And by the way, how important it is for us to not read the Bible as a textbook or a proof text for our our doctrines 
but to read the Bible because that's how we hear God's voice. You know, you think about any book that you read, the voice you hear behind those written words is the voice of the author. Well, guess what? God's voice is the voice you hear when you read Scripture. And I remember uh, Louise Stambaugh sitting in her, uh, her junior boys class, and she would say, ask God to speak to you through His Word. And she said, and then just start reading. And she says, and don't stop reading until God gives you something that you really know is from Him. You know what? That's right on. None of us ever outgrow that need in terms of our basic relationship with God of listening and obeying. Do you want a revival in your life? Do what Sister Louise said. Just start reading your Bible and looking for God to speak to you through it, ready to obey, and boom, things will begin happening in your spiritual life. Hey, listen, if you're bored in your in your faith, if you're on a plateau, the quickest way to get moving again is to listen and obey. God will tell you things today that you need to hear for today. But you've got to take responsibility for listening and obeying. That's the process. How quickly can you grow as a Christian? As quickly as you're willing to grow by listening and obeying. Did you hear what I said? None of us is off the hook. We don't have any excuses when it comes to the simplicity of the process. Listen and obey. And you'll grow. I remember a song we used to sing. <clears throat> Read the Bible. Pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. <laughs> Is that a good song? Add that to the worship team, Russ. We need to sing that. Reminded. Read the Bible. Pray every day. You'll grow, grow, grow. Wow. Is it that simple? Yes. Don't make it complicated. Don't stumble over it. Don't think you're too smart for that. You're not. Listen and obey. And then number four. I want us to think about the promise which doesn't appear right here. Well, it does in the house that stands, but, you know, Jesus elaborates on it in John chapter 10, verse 10, where he simply said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the promise. It's not just a house that gets built that lasts for eternity. It's the abundant life that we get to live in the house for all eternity. And we get to experience it in the now. In the now. As we open our hearts to God's word, as we listen and as we obey. And so the promise is an abundant life in a house that stands. Any of you have a better deal than that? Are you, are you banking on something else? Are you working for something else? An abundant life in a house that stands for all eternity. That's what Jesus promised. 
That's what I'm signed up for. How about you? I don't want to compromise or settle for anything less. May God help us. May God show us what we're building, how we're building, where we're building. And get back to the simplicity of listening and obeying and building on the rock of Jesus Christ. You know, we'll never be disappointed. Never. Never. Lord, help us this morning, O God, to humble ourselves before You. Help us to see the glory, O God, of of this simple story of the wise man who built his house upon the rock and it stood through the storm. The foolish man who built his house on the sand and it was washed away. Lord, help us. Help us, O God, to pay attention to our building, O God, to build what you want, the way you want it built, where you want it, and that is on the person and character of Jesus Christ. Help us, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Please stand. Let's sing a song together. I want to make an invitation to respond to God's word and we'll have a final prayer. For your endless love For the life you gave For the second chance For your priceless grace For your healing hand For the gift of peace For the blessed hope For the faith to believe For these reasons I praise you, for these reasons I worship you, for these reasons I live to tell of your love to all the world. Lead us in a closing prayer this morning. Before he does, you know, you may be here this morning and maybe you've been building the wrong thing in the wrong place for a while and you're saying, I need, I need Jesus in my life. I need to start over. This is the morning to do that. Just come forward. I want to pray with you and talk with you and help you to make sure, make sure that you're building on the right foundation and that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior. You may have some problems and challenges in your life. You may have some health issues, some financial issues, some family issues, need for guidance. We encourage you to seek the Lord. The altar is open. The invitation is to come and pray. We'll pray with you if you want us to. But let's not let this opportunity pass without really seeking the Lord. How many of you are grateful that you know God today? How many of you intend to build on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, whatever it takes, whatever the cost? Amen. Phil, lead us in the closing prayer. Our Heavenly Father, the word that has been brought this morning 
I believe has been straight from your heart. I believe, Lord, that it is something that uh, will stick to our spiritual ribs and help us to be reminded on a continuous basis that we're, we're building into the kingdom. We're building to our, our, our own lives, Lord, are being built into your kingdom. And as we leave this place this morning, we pray that your Holy Spirit may, in that special way that you have, Lord, just abide with, hover over. Yes. Help us to be conscious of the thoughts that we have, the things that we say and do, that we may shun those things that would detract us and that we might walk straight, that we might keep moving forward, Lord, not settle down and become satisfied, but to grow, grow, grow. We give you praise for this word this morning for the presence of your spirit. We give you praise, Lord, for the promise that you would go with and be with each one of us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn and greet one another and give them your best smile. Oh, yeah. for these 
Yeah. 